All right. Well, welcome back to the For Many People's Strengths podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jamie Nugabauer, as we missed out on recording one for the squad selection. We missed out for uh, one to preview the Costa Rica match, but that's okay because uh, that was just kind of an appetizer for what's to come. Anyways, as Canada... Is it okay? Is it okay? okay? It's okay. You know why it's okay? Because... As uh, John Herdman even basically said in his post-game press conference, the, the magic is waiting for tomorrow uh, in, uh, in Toronto as Canada takes on Jamaica. Nothing is a foregone conclusion, but we'll get to that. Um, but first of all, uh, how are you doing, Gourley? How excited are you to be back uh, in the big smoke uh, for the final home game of World Cup qualifying? I'm very happy to be here. Very excited. Um, it's a bit like Christmas Eve. Um, I wish it was warmer, but uh, that's neither here nor there. It's been cold the last how many ever home games? Why stop now? So um, yeah. it's just part of the part of the whole thing at this point. The ambiance. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, sitting in the same hotel as I sat in in September. Um, not sure. I thought we were necessarily going to be where we're at right now. I certainly thought we'd be in the mix and and in the battle, but. Uh, very happy to be in the situation we're in now and uh, obviously just need a point. Yeah, Canada, those that don't know, three points ahead still in first place, even though they were defeated. Uh, Ten men, Canada was defeated uh, in San Jose, Costa Rica on Thursday. Uh, that situation right now, Canada uh, with 12 games played, everybody's played 12 with two more to go. They get one point. They cannot be caught by anybody uh, or by they cannot be caught I guess by fourth place Costa Rica uh, I guess they could still finish third I suppose so you know obviously they want to win the group but um, you know we, we go back to the selection you know of the group and obviously uh, you know Alfonso Davies still dealing with myocarditis um, that's sort of the main uh, omission other than that it was pretty you know, as you as you might have thought it to be adding, you know, through throwing Christian Gutierrez comes in and Ismail Coney is the probably the, the, the name that kind of jumps out on the page. But what were some of your first thoughts when you saw this group come out? Well, there have been some suggestions that there might be some surprises, you know. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe it'll be a bigger group. You know, obviously the hope was that the job would be done pretty early and there might be a chance to to look at some different players and, and panel with an eye towards next year. Uh, so end of the year and and guitar, but um, you know no real surprises. I think Kone's a pretty like for like swap with Piet, who's obviously still hurt. Um, you know I think Raheem Edwards has had a better start to the season than Christian Gutierrez, but Christian Gutierrez has been in camp. Um, we know how much Herbin values people that kind of know the system, have been involved, have been around. So um, you know the group has been the group, and I'm excited that they uh, they gave uh, Ismail Kone. A shot. I think he's been absolutely brilliant in Montreal, and uh, um, he's exciting. And as, as Herman sort of said, he is a, a different profile, and he you know he brings a little bit something different to the table, which is nice to see in that midfield role. He really uh, has a burst of pace and some confidence on the ball, and uh, he's he can be a direct kind of ball progressor, which isn't necessarily someone you see a lot of. K has a bit of that, uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see Kone, and obviously he got uh, got some minutes and. In Costa Rica, you know, he looked the same as he looks in Montreal, just unflappable. So 
you know, uh, he, he's young and, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but uh, right now it's, he's looking exciting. Yeah, it's very interesting. CF Montreal came in, obviously, uh, on the back of uh, another omission um, of, you know, another CF Montreal player, uh, Sam Piet, of course, who's been a big part of this program for a while. Uh, and I like having him in the squad, Sam Piet, when he is, if anything, for his experience and his mentality. Um, because he doesn't, he doesn't take anything for granted. That guy works extremely hard, shows up for Canada, plays better for Canada, I think, than he does for uh, even for his club team in, in CF Montreal. So, um, you know, I, I just even like him having in the locker room. So, you know, we, we, not there, but obviously one of the things that is very central to this team, uh, Gurley, that seems to be always on display is the leadership. And, uh, you know, I, I, the game against Costa Rica, I don't know if we have to talk about it too much. Uh, we can talk about it a bit, but. Uh, I think a late free kick by um, Steve, Stefan Estacchio, very late. And Canada's down 1-0. And there's Milan Borjan up directing traffic to the minute detail, <laughs> like the keeper all the way back from the back. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, just a, an incredible group uh, of men who worked hard. Uh, you know, I guess we'll start from the top here for the the, the Costa Rica match there. Uh, Mark Anthony Kay, obviously he... We saw some some images of uh, Matarita's ankle, so clearly there was some spikage going on there with the first yellow. Maybe K lucky not to get a red right away, I think. But uh, uh, the second one, it was class. The second yellow was classic Concacafiness. But I don't know. How do you how do you see that? Obviously, maybe it was maybe I don't know. Karma's probably. I don't know if I believe in karma per se, but uh, K was kind of asking for it, wasn't he? Well, to even go back, I thought, you know, this is the first match to some extent. I mean, obviously, the Azteca was, was, was what it was. But, you know, the crowd in El Salvador was fine, but not amazing. Honduras was fairly quiet. This was the first, like, really up for it crowd. And I thought the response wasn't as great as I'd hoped. I thought it was a little bit of a slow start and, you know, a little edgy. Um and, and some of that is down to players who who haven't played regularly for their clubs, and you know the group has been together, you know, recently. So there's always a little bit of that rust to shake off at the start of an international window. But um, you know, I thought they were settling in, but you know, I think the atmosphere got them a little bit, which is a good learning experience. Um, as you say, I think I think it was a red on K the first time. I mean, honestly, um, you know, live I wasn't sure how much he caught Mataria. They see the replay, they, yeah, that's. I mean, it wasn't really late, but it was late and it was high. So, and obviously, as you as you noted too, you see a photo of Madrid's ankle. He he caught him pretty good. Yep. So, um, lucky to get off with that one. Um, I would like to see how many touches um, Johan Venegas had because he was fouled seven times. I'm not sure if he had more than ten touches. Like uh-huh. his fouled air quotes um, to possession ratio was off the chart. So that sort of speaks to the kind of game he was playing, but. Uh, you know, he he uh, he got under people's skin, and I mean, obviously, he he left something late in a challenge with K, which we didn't really get a second look at. But you know, beyond the contact, beyond the little shoulder brush, I mean, I got brushed harder going to get a Starbucks this morning. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, K made a beeline to to to, to Venegas. You just can't, you know, why? Don't go there. Don't don't. You know, he just walked straight towards him. And that's, for me, that was the, you know, that's his mind's in the wrong place. And, you know, Kale learned, he's, you know, he's, 
he's not a young player and he's not inexperienced, but you know, he hasn't really played those qualifiers. He wasn't really a big part of the group four years ago. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good learning experience for him and uh, a bit of a, a trial by fire in a really hostile atmosphere in Costa Rica. And, you know, I think it'll be better for the experience. Um, he won't be better for the unfortunate, uh, racism he experienced afterwards. Mm. That's, uh, you know, quite deplorable. And I think uh, there's been a lot of people have spoken out about it quickly. So that's a small silver positive, but, uh, um, yeah, it's really disappointing to see some of that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even call them Canadian supporters, just, you know, people looking for an excuse to be hateful is more of what it is. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, players make mistakes. That's not the biggest mistake I've ever seen. And, um, you know, and I think the players rallied around him. I thought it was a really great performance with 10 men. I thought uh, Canada played better with 10 than they did with 11. So that's a, a bit of a weird positive. But, uh, um, yeah, I think the, the response, particularly in the second half, I thought it was one of the better halves they've played in the entire qualifying. And ironically, they lost. But that's just sometimes the way it goes, right? Yeah. And, you know, one of the points that was made on the Footy Prime podcast with James Sherman and Craig Forrest and Jimmy Brennan and those guys is that Canada's saved up all these uh, wins and these performances and the bounces. They've got so many bounces during this qualifying window that if one thing goes another way, then the standings look completely different. We have to be honest, but you need that uh, in this world, especially in CONCACAF, you know, to, to qualify. I mean, that's just the, the, the way she goes. If you're, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, you think about even Italy and everything that they went through against North Macedonia, losing, you know, a balance one way or the other. And the Italians, you know, could be not, you know, could be, uh, you know, happy right now. So it's just kind of, you know, you need the bounces. And Canada has gotten a lot of them uh, throughout. And this is the first time things didn't really go, you know, Canada's way. And you made a great point that they worked extremely hard and, and all, you know, deserved probably a point, maybe three from, their 10 men performance and they were just all over. And I don't know if I agree with uh, John, what John Herdman said in the post game that, you know, this game could have gone forever, but the, the goal wasn't <laughs> going in. Maybe, maybe it was uh, that way. felt like that way on this, on the, on the bench, but uh, watching it, it almost felt like Canada scoring was inevitable. I don't know what you felt. Obviously it's not inevitable. <sighs> it didn't happen, but yeah, boy, they were getting chance after chance, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, it felt like Costa Rica was really on the rack. Costa Rica is in an interesting spot. And I don't know what they're going to do, particularly if they play a playoff, but, um, you know, Celso Borges, uh, Brian Ruiz, Tejeda to some extent, Vajenas to some extent, you know, you've got these old guard guides in those roles and they're better when they aren't all playing. You know, they have some new blood they've worked in. They've been better when they bring in that new blood. And obviously, like, you know, Celso Borges hasn't been starting much, but he probably was man of the match, certainly for them. Um, yeah. Scored the goal and had a really nice match. But, you know, once they took out Gallo, and not that Gallo played particularly well, but Gallo's just got that work rate. And so it's Tejeda with with uh, Borges in the middle of the field, and then you've got Ruiz out there. They just looked old and slow. They were just yeah. second to everything. They were just overwhelmed. And so... Um, you know, in a one-off playoff, I don't know if Costa Rica, if you're going to sit, it's also Borges, your all-time cap leader. If you're going to sit Brian Ruiz, your probably greatest player in the history of the nation, you have to sit someone because they can't really play all those 30, 33-year-old guys. They're, they're getting up there. And I think we saw it as, you know, Canada looked fresher and they were absolutely all over them. So, 
Mm. Um, I to answer your original question, it it felt like another ten minutes. Something's got to the you know, the dam's yeah. got to break, kind of thing. Um, you know, Costa Rica was hanging out for a long time. It was tough for. I mean, you know, they I think they finished with four central defenders by the end. So you know, it was tough to get anything crosses, and you know, you, they've got some big big boys back there clearing balls. Um, kind of lost had a really nice match. It was one of the better games I've seen from him this cycle. But um, yeah, I it just. So many chances. I mean, and to see you know Hoylet come in and just start creating tons of stuff was great. See Richie Larea have a a real throwback game and play really well. You know, especially considering what's going on with this club situation. Hmm. So uh, lots of really nice performances. It just uh, just didn't go in on the day. Yeah, it's funny you say throwback. I mean, <laughs> like yeah, obviously it's fair because Richie hasn't played a game, and I don't know. Probably maybe. was it last was last his last game with Canada? Like I don't even know. Yeah, no, his his last club game was was with TFC. Yeah. Um. So it was uh. it was you know it was in November. Um. And and Richie was you know R- Richie did enough in the January window in my opinion, but I yeah. you know, that was not the best we've seen of Richie Larea in those January matches. So it was mm-hmm. nice to see him um, be dangerous and be confident. And, and to be fair, he was up against you know a pretty good American fullback and uh uh robinson is uh it's got a lot of pace so yeah um it's a tricky matchup for him but uh i thought he played really well and you know it, you know he's not 100 as, as matt sharp as he would want but uh, mm. he was a really good bright spot i thought yeah no absolutely so you know again i didn't want to spend too long right you know, one, one nil costa rica wins on um you know a, a header by Celso borges and uh, they're five hundred year old team, and <laughs> you know, fine, whatever, good for them. They, you know, that's obviously a huge performance, a huge win for Costa Rica. Getting a getting a win was just exactly what they needed to to stay stay alive and and find a way to 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 sneak in at least to that intercontinental matchup, maybe with uh, with New Zealand. Obviously, there's still more to be said in Concacaf, but. I want to I want to talk more about uh, tomorrow. I want to talk more about uh, the Jamaica match, and you know, obviously there is no Mikel Antonio. Um, you know, there's there's no Bobby De Cordova Reed. You know, so the uh, on first glance, and and I, it kind of scares me that people are all saying, "Oh, this is kind of a foregone conclusion." But uh, you know, obviously there's still Leon Bailey from Aston Villa. You know, Andre Gray is still there, and and even on top of that, you know, I know maybe we're maybe too too coming to him at too from a hockey perspective, but Andre Blake can take over a game in some ways from from the net. So, what are you kind of expecting from this Jamaica matchup? Well, I I'm really curious who they play. To be honest, um, but very well noted that Andre Blake is is the kind of guy that can can steal you a point. You know, he's he's been that guy, and everyone's seen him do it. So he's he's that mm-hmm. kind of keeper. But I mean, uh, they had, I think it was five or six players who don't have a cap that they called in. And, mm-hmm. you know, a guy like Alex Marshall, who's not really a guy you think of as a prominent Jamaican international from, from HFX Wanderers, you know, he's a, a grizzled veteran with 10 caps in some of this group. You know, they've got probably a starting 11 that's pretty established, but mm-hmm. those guys all played their first match. Yeah. So, are they going to rotate the squad a little? I, I mean, they play their last match at home. I think you'd want to put out a good performance at home, considering you're just, you know, playing for the future. I, they might 
play some inexperienced guys and start them on Sunday. So I'm curious about that. Um, I do think, and I, I, I haven't been able to confirm this, but um, Damian Lowe from, from Inter-Miami uh, had a yellow card going into the last window and then got sent off, go straight red. But then he got booked um, Thursday. So I think he's suspended again for the second yellow. I think that should be how that works. It shouldn't matter that he got a red card in between. But mm. So that'll be a, a blow to them in the middle of the defense. They're still using Adrian Mariapa, who started the, the qualifying with a club, but has found a club now, but is still, you know, a, a veteran guy, but not not the youngest. But, you know, they, they've got some players. They've got Lee and, uh, and Brown from the Whitecaps as fullbacks. Speedy Williams is there. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, Bailey and Gray up front um, were very dangerous against uh, against uh, El Salvador. So um, there's some quality there. And and the, the scary factor is, you know, the other guys are calling up. Who knows what they're like? You know, they're young guys. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't seen too many guys come out of the Jamaican League who were at a national team level who weren't A, very fast, B, quite skilled and technical and a little bit flashy. I mean, these guys are, you know, they could play. They almost always, Jamaica's got guys that could play. So um, they're, they're going to be an unknown. But you have to hope that the Canada team on the verge of qualifying, yeah. no matter who Jamaica puts out there, has to be, um, favored, you know, obviously. So uh, pretty hopeful. I'm curious what Canada does as well. Um, I think with the lineup, it's, it's going to be interesting. It'll be nice to get a Kubi back. I think they could use a natural left-sided player um, to fit in back there. And I think, I think Larray will make, make way, but I, you know, I'm hoping that it's a bit more of a settled back line and it'd be nice if Vittoria could go as well. Yeah. And obviously big difference too, from home in Jamaica to, um, you know, what's probably going to be a bit of a snowy, flurry, not super nice, you know, minus degree weather match on, on the lake shore, which we all know is kind of an unpleasant spot weather wise sometimes. So I was, okay. I was thinking of it to uh, like Greg Lee, who played in Scotland, and uh, you know, Gray and Morris, and some of these guys that basically grew up in England yeah. won't bother them much, but uh, yeah. some of the actual guys from jamaica will be it's going to be cold so yeah. i mean, wasn't expecting the weather to be a big factor in a game in late march but it's going to be it's going to be unpleasant for everyone and uh it looks like milan's breaking out the track pants so that's already a good uh, good omen yeah it'll be it'll be interesting and you know maybe the most picturesque soccer game i've ever been to was the champions league final tfc and uh, chivas and it was just beautiful, the snow coming down on the lake shore and um, like kind of cold, obviously, but just just beautiful looking and kind of a field of dreams. Not too crazy snow. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be a blizzard or anything. So, um, you know, just kind of flurries. And uh, if, if we get big Capra snow globe snowflakes falling towards the end of the match as we're qualified for the world cup yeah i mean what could be more iconic canadian than that exactly. that'd be amazing it'll be great um, for the heritage moment it'll be more heritage yeah. it'll be a better heritage <laughs> moment than uh, that super Jay guy falling on his butt in uh <laughs> oh. wherever, I, forget, I forget even where that game was was that that was it that was in naperville chicago? that was uh, chicago stub hub right. stadium yeah but the Canadian kid falls on his butt for Haiti, and yeah, that might have been the the, the real turn- TSN turning point that sends Canada down this path. 
but uh, how quickly we forget. And, uh, you know, obviously I mean, they talk about, Dickie. you know, when we were facing Aruba and, and Cayman Islands and, and whatever. And uh, boy, did that seem like a long ago, eh? Well, I mean, it, it was like it was 364 days between the first match against uh, Bermuda in Orlando and then the, the Costa Rica match. So a calendar year almost exactly. And it feels uh, a lot longer than that. But to think about that Bermuda match with an empty stadium in Orlando to, you know, what we've all been through and what we're going to experience tomorrow, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into the Canadian squad. Obviously, John Herman loves to be dramatic and throw a wrench and see, you know, what I, happen, I, I couldn't even figure out the starting 11 when it was announced. I was like, that's gotta Ooh. be Hutchinson playing in the back. Like I'm so confused. Yeah. yeah it's so, right. Yeah. So, so there's that. I mean, instead of trying to make like a starting 11, um, obviously no Mark Anthony K uh, with the, the red card, um, other center midfield options, obviously you mentioned Atiba playing center back. I think he probably comes into the middle, especially if you have, you know, Sam Adekubi now who's available and Alistair Johnston back there. Uh, you know, maybe Atiba can move up into the middle with you know, an Estacchio or an Osorio or something. Um, but just, I guess, just talk to me about what you expect from at least Canada's midfield with no K. I, I don't know that Atiba is going to go back to back. I think Atiba will probably play half an hour maybe. Um, I'm not sure he starts, but so I, 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 just, I mean, it's exciting to think Kone would get that, that job. I suspect they'll probably be Frazier. I mean, it's a safer choice to pair him with a Stachio. Um, I would guess a four, four, two, probably just because you're looking at a Kubi and Johnson as fullbacks. So, um, you know, I, I think Buchanan plays on the right. Um, I think the left will be either a Sorio or you know, the preference would be if he's fit that they would play Hoylet there on the left, but um, we'll see how, how fit he is after taking a knock. He looked, he looked fine in, in San Jose. So, you know, if he can start, I think, you know, you probably look at him starting on the left and kind of adding that, that sort of central presence and gives license for Kuba to get forward a little bit more where Buchanan will provide more of the width on the right. And then, you know, Johnston probably tucks in a little bit to make a three when, when they're in possession, that's not, it's been pretty common for there to be sort of that four shifting into a three. And then, you know, I got to assume that Laren and uh, David start up top, even though they both started last match. I think there's, there's good reason to get them going together again. So um, yeah, I, 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 you know, the central pairing, I, you know, I assume Vittori is going to hopefully be good to go to start. If not, it's tough to know what they might do if Victoria plays probably with Miller, but you know, given that Vittori can't play on the right, I think either, you know, Cornelius or Candy is a good option there too. Yeah. Oh, it'd be interesting. Uh, nice. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a little bit of, a little bit of pace back there. Candy provides um, if, if that's the option they want to go with, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think we'll see probably a fair bit of substitutions. I think, you know, I think we will see Hutchinson for a, a good run, but I just don't think he's going to be good to go from the start. And, you know, if we do see Hoylett starting, meeting Victoria, they may not have 90 minutes in them, depending on, on how they're feeling fitness injury wise. So yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to, to, to keep an eye on, but uh, you yeah, know, getting Etikubi back, getting Henry back is an option. That's really helpful. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll miss K obviously, but uh, you know, Estacchio, even though he's not playing regularly, he's look, you know, he's always 
pretty fit. He should be fine to, to go 90 again. So that'll really help settle the midfield down. Well, you talk about poetry, and obviously we love to find the poetry in the game. You know, obviously we look back to that Aruba, Bermuda, whatever start, but here's some poetry for you. The year is, you know, 2011, 2012, hot shot, you know, prospect in, the, you know, in English, in England. And uh, I believe he was with uh, Blackburn maybe at the time, Blackburn Rovers. And everybody was all fired up about Junior Hoylet. Would he play for Canada? Would he play for Jamaica? His dad getting involved, playing for Jamaica. You know, he said he wanted to play for England if he could, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, now here we are. And he obviously deserves a lot of credit, I think. And thanks for picking Canada and um, happy he did. And that kind of set in motion some great, you know, some greatness, even starting back in 2015 when he started. Um, but a little bit of poetry. And I do agree with you that I hope he uh, plays a big role uh, tomorrow. You know, if you're listening to it, the probably on the game day itself, uh, or maybe on the way to the stadium. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, you know, if Junior Hoylet plays a big part in facing and beating, beating Jamaica for Canada in the World Cup qualifying to qualify to kind of, I don't know, vindicate his decision, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I'm sure he's already enjoyed his time exceedingly as a Canadian player. He's always brought it for Canada, um, you know, since he, since he put the jersey on. Um, but I think that'd be pretty cool, eh? Yeah, and I, I think... It was very well said that, uh, you know, in spite of being someone that seemed like maybe they were weighing their options or how you want to put it, he's absolutely um, brought his best when he's played for Canada. He's been really great um, every time out. Some years I felt he was our most consistent player. You know, it doesn't matter what this club form's like, if he's playing, if he's not playing, if he's in good form or not. He's always played really well for Canada. Um, that's something I was thinking about kind of in the build-up to the last match. You know, someone's gonna, you know, get the goal that sent in theory anyway, get the goal that sends us to the World Cup. You think of who it might be, you start thinking about some of these individual stories. And I mean, so many players on this this roster have such a cool story and an interesting story of how they got here or the struggles they faced. And so um, yeah, it's gonna be a, a cool moment to see who ends up being that person. It would be uh, as you say, poetic if it was Junior Hoylet who who bags the winning goal. But uh yeah, it's uh it's, it's, it's fun to think about some of these things and in, in, in the moment if, uh, if and when we get there, which we're basically across the line, but uh, be really nice to make it official tomorrow. Yeah, like you don't want to, and the Canadians have said this, and I don't think that the mentality that John Herdman and the team have set for themselves speaks that they're in any way, shape, or form okay with, you know, this result or that result leading Canada to the World Cup, like with a, with a bunch of Canadian losses, like, they're going to come out, you know, first minute tomorrow or whenever, if you're listening again today, like guns are blazing. And obviously, you know, the way that soccer works, it doesn't always work out that way, but, and you can't predict that and nothing's for sure. And there's no, nothing that says Canada should take Jamaica lately. Um, but, you know, the, the, that would be, you know, amazing in front of the BMO field support. And this team has answered every bell uh, that it could be, uh, you know, Two more questions then uh, as we get set here uh, for Canada. To, to, to just jump on that for a quick second, I was going to mention that uh, a friend of mine is from Ecuador and obviously big Ecuador fan. And they qualified for the World Cup on Thursday with a 3-1 loss. And he's like, we we sucked. I, I'm not even really happy. I should be excited that we're going to the World <laughs> Cup. It's, you know, we did the work. I'm happy with what we did beforehand. But, you know, it's, it's really anticlimactic to go in 
a loss. And so, you know, that's the last thing anyone wants is, is to, you know, have a result after, after tomorrow afternoon's game, the thing that decides it, let's, you know, make sure it's done on the field. I'm sure the players feel that way much more than supporters do even. So. Yeah, no, for sure. But cool, cool for, uh, cool for Ecuador. Obviously they, um, you know, with, with their young star Moises Caicedo and, and uh, you know, that, that team is, is one that has been at world cups lately for Ecuador, but uh, you know, they are um, yeah. Going to the world cup and a very, very tough place to make the world cup in Conmebol. So cool. But uh, you know, CONCACAF has proven very, very hard for Canada too, uh, and for everybody since, uh, you know, forever, unless your name is Mexico or USA. So, um, you know, it, it's all it's all awesome, great stories as they try to go to a World Cup that has dubious uh, morality. But we don't have to talk about that right now because <laughs> it's, all, uh, it's all light and joy and beauty <laughs> for Canada. Uh, okay, just quickly then, uh, you know, back line, your thoughts. For tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, I would say Lorea and uh, Johnson at fullback, and I think uh, Vittoria and I'm going to say Miller, probably. Right. And uh, obviously Milan not going to give up the jersey. Oh, yeah. No, no, no doubt at all. Yeah. Fact, Even I though, mean, again, if Max Crepeau has been outstanding for LAFC so far. I mean, as I'd day, be very happy to see Max Crepeau play in Panama City, uh, you know. Yeah. In the game if, that... If, 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 if they're qualified, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fine with squad rotation. Uh, once the job is done, like, let's, I mean, we're not going to have a ton of friendlies and opportunities given the weird World Cup cycle that it's going to be. So, you know, to treat it like the first of a few friendlies to try and look at different people in different roles. And, you know, we'll like to see Ugbo start maybe and, and you know some of those things, but we'll we'll talk about that if we we get to that point. We're getting ahead of I'm getting ahead of myself here, but yeah. Well, only the only the uh, the third loss for the men's national team in a meaningful game since 2021. Coming off of that, so uh, I think uh, again they they'll be coming out with with the fire in their eyes, and we'll see what happens. Uh, you know then. Last thought for you, like what, what's kind of, you know, going through your head? Are you calm? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you uh, like, are you, are you, what are your feelings, you know, heading in tomorrow uh, or today, knowing that, you know, we might see like an absolutely historic moment in Canadian soccer and sports history. I'm currently quite calm. We'll see how tomorrow goes. I started pacing around my living room at about 10 in the morning on Thursday. So, um, though, you know, having it be a match where I'm going in person sometimes makes it a little bit less nerve wracking for whatever mm-hmm. reason. There's more things going on. Um, if all goes well tomorrow morning, I'll be having breakfast with uh, Reza Halili, one of the two founders of the Voyageurs originally in, in 96. So, uh, it'll be cool to catch up with him again and have breakfast. And I can't think of anyone I'd rather have breakfast with on this day than, than him who did so much to get us going. And obviously shout out to Jamie McLeod, who's done mm. so much lately to, to uh, keep the flame going. And, uh, you know, especially when things were, were rough, but um, yeah, I'm just really excited for, for the atmosphere. I'm sure I'll get pretty nervous, which is it's silly to be nervous because as we, you know, Canada's up six points and a plus 11 goal differential. It's, 
mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not a hundred percent, but it's like 99.9, you know, it's, it's well, basically hundred percent, but I just so want to win, you know, I just want a yeah. good performance and a good way to do it tomorrow. You know, that's just really what it comes down to just, and then what the moment's going to be like, I thought about it for decades and what it would be like. And I imagined it being, you know, dramatic and, you know, you go in needing something and not sure. And, you know, life or death kind of thing. And this is not that really it's, there's a second chance. And even, you know, so it's, it's a little bit less of that fear that I expected going into the possible clinching match, but at the same time, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty emotional. I'm sure given uh, a lot of years, um, Going back to, to 88 and that shock loss to Guatemala, which I, I mean, a shock win where we beat Guatemala and still got eliminated on the away goal. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of downhill since then. So, yeah, um, yeah this has been, uh, this has been really fun and it's been a really great group to get behind too. This is, but you know, it's exciting that probably one of my favorite ver- probably, I mean, probably my favorite version of the national team in terms of personalities is also one of our best national teams ever. I mean, it's, it's really nice to see um, a really fun group get rewarded and a lot of interesting characters and just good people. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're worth being proud of even if they weren't making our dreams come true, but they're, they're doing both. So you couldn't ask for a better group uh, than this to, to represent us and uh break the uh the world cup drought yeah great great point with regards to jamie mcleod just an absolute saint the uh the, the chief of the uh of the voyagers right now and uh just sweating blood and tears for all of us um and uh great to see the nation respond sportsnet and tsn having these things as top stories and it's all over the news and what a beautiful beautiful moment uh for this for for sports in this country and uh for the sport in this country and i hope it continues matt uh looking forward to talking to you about this uh tomorrow and uh yeah have a good sleep